Welcome to Joy in Learning, a podcast from the Harley School in Rochester, New York. We're an independent school for nursery through grade 12, where there's always lots of interesting learning going on for us to share with you. For the third episode in our series about risk-taking at Harley, I spoke with lower school foreign language teacher Bart White about how our students are taking risks as they learn new languages and how they regularly present in front of a very large group at the lower school assembly. Enjoy! I'm here with Bart White, lower school foreign language teacher, which I think is an amazing title. But if you could just take a minute, introduce yourself, tell me what you do here, how long you've been at Harley. Sure. Uh, So I do the Spanish and French program with the lower school students. And at Harley, they start uh, in nursery with Spanish. So for them, I'm Senor Blanco. And I meet them and welcome them into the school. Uh, primary students, so kindergartners and first graders, also take Spanish, as do second graders. In third grade, uh, miraculously, I transform into Monsieur Blanc, and they come and we learn we uh, learn French as third and fourth graders. And that includes the uh, very popular Café Francais, which we run in our lower school cafeteria, well, in our school cafeteria, uh, and fourth graders take the responsibility of running a kitchen uh, and serving uh, chocolat chaud, croissants to uh, customers. And they'll be full with as many as 50 or 60 people at a time. So the arc of the program is very exciting to me, both uh, for the way the children, their, their language skills grow uh, and also their ability to take on responsibility. Uh, so I see all of that from... You know, four-year-olds up to up to fourth grade to ten-year-olds. Well, that, that's actually a great place to start. Uh, since we're talking about risk-taking specifically, mm. uh, it, it seems like you've got some some par- parts in there where kids are taking risks, bringing themselves outside their comfort zones. Uh, specifically in in your class, I mean, looking at Cafe Francais, that seems mm. like a perfect example of of a time where kids are actually taking some risk. Um, but are are there are there examples that you would point to where uh, kids are taking risks in uh, the language program in the lower school? It's interesting. So 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 speaking the language, depending on the individual, just speaking words that they're not familiar with can feel um, like a risk. But again, that's a very individual thing. There's some kids who are just just love the sound of themselves. Uh, with these new words. It's, it's, it's almost like opening up a door to a whole new uh, terrain. So the wild discovery that not only do numbers exist as one, two, three, four, they're also uno, dos, tres, and, and being kids, they want to keep going. They love to count to big numbers. Let's count to uh, 100 in Spanish. Uh, so uh, the beautiful thing about children is, is how unlimited uh, they can be. Um, to come back around to the Café Francais, uh, that's a very complicated thing, uh, complex thing, but it really does appeal to them because it feels like real world. It feels like, um, yeah, and it is using the language for real communication, not just an artificially constructed thing in the classroom. Uh, customers are come to the cafe, and they're really hungry. They really do, you know, they, uh, you know, we have a menu. Um, you, you, declare, you, know, you tell them, uh, the customers, what the menu is. Uh, you help them order, and uh, then you go to the kitchen, and you've got a kitchen staff, which are also students. 
uh, risk taking. There's a kid on baguette with a bread knife, you know, and uh, we've got to make sure uh, we've not cut any fingers in, in uh, five years of running the cafe. So, so far, so good. Um, uh, and then at the end, there's responsibility, which comes along with it. You know, they've got to clean up. Uh, the, the cafeteria has to be ready. The dining, our dining hall, it gets a lot of use. And we're a small part of it, so it's got to be clean for for lunch service. Um, so, you know, uh, I just wanted to circle back to something you said in the beginning about how for some kids just speaking the language is uh, taking a risk. I'll tell you, that's something that, that, is, that holds me back in, in my Spanish progress is mm. that I do get embarrassed mm. when I try to speak Spanish. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that learning that ability early on, uh, the ability to, to sort of put yourself out there and not be self-conscious when you're trying something new uh, is a super important skill that, that you're teaching these kids early on. Uh, mm. But to, to sort of move on to the, the next bit, uh, to me, one of the biggest places where kids take risks emotionally in the lower school is in assembly, in lower school assembly. Sure. And that's something that you are heavily involved in. Tell me about that. So uh, we have weekly assemblies uh, in the lower school. It's a tradition, been going on for a long time on Wednesdays, uh, right after lunch. Uh, it's a wonderful occasion. Uh, it's a celebration usually. Uh, parents are, are invited in, and the kids present. We sing songs together. Um, one part that uh, is dear to me, especially, aside from singing the Spanish songs, the mano mano and, and getting up and being a little silly with the kids, uh, is also um, asking the, the children to read poetry. They read poems that others have written, but uh, they get into it themselves. They bring their own poems, and uh, it's such an affirmation if you've written something to get up before an audience um, and to read it aloud. So on the pedagogical side, you're covering all your bases, right? You're, you're, you're writing, you're, you're, you're reading. Um, on the emotional side, you're getting such an affirmation to be able to do that for, for an appreciative audience. And um, it really does generate, once they've seen that a couple of times, it generates such excitement and enthusiasm uh, for the poetry. So we've had poetry going on in the lower school with a uh, a lower school poetry book published every year for about six years now. Um, that's one thing that the kids uh, get up and, and, and like to perform. The other thing is sunny side jokes. You know, uh, humor is uh, a real attraction to a uh, certain kind of kids. So uh, we tell jokes, we read poems, uh, as well as presenting, you know, what they're doing um, scientifically. You know, they, there's every year there's a big report back from how Allen Creek is doing. You know, how many crayfish did they collect? What size were they? Um, I love those examples as sort of uh, real life, out in the world sort of uh, participation that the kids can do. Yeah, yeah you know, as a, as a former lower school parent, current mm -hmm. middle school parent, uh, I was regularly blown away mm. by these kids, five years old, standing up in front of a room of well over 100 people. It's got to be close to 200 people when, right. with all the parents and students in there, and confidently speaking in right. front of that large a crowd. There are adults who would be terrified to do that. Uh, and week in and week out, you see these kids just putting themselves out there and confidently speaking in front of that large of a group of people. What does that do for a kid? What kind of advantages does that give a kid later on in life? Uh, I think it's almost universal, the, the anxiety that we experience when we get up in, in, in the large uh, room. Um, 
I think we all admire people who are able to do it well. Uh, just as a small secret, you know, I still get uh, nervous uh, at lower assembly when, you know, when I'm about to speak. Once I'm going, I feel a lot better. And I think that must be true for the kids. You know, once they're up there and they've started, if they're reading a poem or if they're telling a joke, um, the helpful thing is they are among friends in the lower school. It's their, it's their peers. It's their teachers. They know them. It's their mom and pops if they've been able to come into assembly. Uh, that helps a lot. Um, and with experience, they, they really do uh, improve. You can see some of the kids who just seem natural to begin with. You can also see the kids that are, are, are really struggle with it but also get used to it. Um, I think for, further down the road, that can only help them as a, as a life skill, you know, that familiarity with, with being able to do public speaking. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we give it to them very young. And really, Art, right, i got to tell you, the, the, when, when the kids are doing the talking in the room, the attention level uh, of everybody, <laughs> teachers included, is much better. Um, we, we, we really are curious, I think more curious about what they have to say and what, how they are experiencing the world. Do you think that that experience of uh, amongst lower school students of seeing other kids presenting and being engaged with that as listeners, mm. do you think that that helps them work together, obviously sort of baked into what we do as a school is a lot of group work uh, that starts in the lower school and then continues on through the middle and upper school. Um, do you think that that any of that sort of supportive nature starts in assembly, um, given that everyone knows there that even though if they're not speaking right now, they're going to be speaking at some point in the near future, or they've done it in the past, and they, they sort of develop uh, kind of a mutual support system. Do you mm. do you see that? That's an interesting idea. I hope so. I think we, as teachers, you know, we spend uh, a lot of uh, time reminding and and modeling uh, good listening. And I think as adults, we often forget it. I th- uh, so uh, we need to walk the walk and 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 uh, listen to listen, as it were, not talk the talk. Um, Listening is the most difficult communication skill. I've got that written somewhere as a reminder to myself to, to be present in the moment, to be interested. Uh, and, and for a child, I think that's important to practice that. Uh, so, yes, uh, the assemblies w- are definitely reinforce that skill. Right yeah. So uh, are there Andy any Carter. other examples of risk-taking in the lower school that you see uh, that, that are important that our students or even our, our teachers are taking part in? So I think there's, there's, you know, physically, uh, with their physical education, we're, we're, it's great to have a, a swimming pool. That's a classic uh, to get a kid past their fear. If, if it's the kind of kid who's going to be afraid to jump in, you know, other kids take to it naturally. Some kids are terrified of it. So to get a kid past that fear, for example, um, to get them uh, to start uh, working on the, the basics of a sport. Uh, is a kind of risk-taking. Um, you hear kids protest when something is difficult. I don't like reading, you know, which, is, which hurts us because, you know, we, we want everyone to love reading. But it is true. If something is difficult for you and if it's, you, you struggle to learn, it's difficult to like it. Um, as a parent of a child who, who had those kinds of struggles, it's a joy to me to see... Um, 
when those skills accumulate enough for something that was once difficult to become a pleasure. So that's uh, a kind of risk-taking story, if you would, um, for someone to turn on to reading who wasn't naturally attracted to it. Um, I don't think you can appreciate what a beautiful thing that is if you have the kind of child who's, you know, loving books at age three. I mean, don't get me wrong. My child loved books at age three, but, it's, uh, but to, to become independent with that love, to be able to pursue it on your own. I think that that's a wonderful example. Um, so I want to thank you for sitting down and talk with me about this. Absolutely. Uh, I think this a is pleasure. a great series. Um, and I think it's a, this idea of risk taking is something that resonated uh, with me as a parent um, and as an educator. And I, I'm sure. the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm seeing there are so many places in this school where both faculty members and, uh, more importantly, students are taking risks, both physically and emotionally. And, and I think it's it's great to be able to, to highlight that. And I yeah. appreciate you starting off this conversation. Well, and just one final phrase please, on that please. that occurs to me. since it, it, I think we learn at Harley that it's okay to fail. I'm going back to that notion of being in the, in the uh, assembly and flubbing your joke or, or stumbling over a line of poem or... Um, not being able to swim very well, as it were. You know, we have, to, we can't learn without failure, and we we need to uh, be re- reassured that it's okay to to not do it perfectly the first time. It's in, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I think that's I think that's an excellent point, and it's it's okay to not be perfect <laughs> on video and in audio, which is a great lesson for you and I Thank right you, now. All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bart. All right. Good. Thanks for joining us today on Joy in Learning, the Harley Schools podcast. We look forward to sharing interesting stories, discussing educational topics, and exploring ideas with you on our next episode. See you again soon.